Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Good morning. Good morning, Central Coast. Guess it's getting later on in the morning. It's uh, about 10.05 here on the 22nd of February. I was thinking in just a short 208 years, it's going to be a real popular date for a wedding or something. 222222. <laughs> thinking ahead. You're really thinking yeah. ahead. Yeah. Get ready, wedding planners. Years. I'm thinking not even a day. Ahead, <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to catch up on today myself. My baby alarm didn't go off this morning, so I... Uh, that's normally quite a treat. It is. It is, except for when you have to be somewhere at a certain time. Yeah, and you're counting on that alarm. I'm counting on the alarm, and your alarm doesn't work. And then the people you're supposed to meet never believe that excuse. How's that beautiful baby, Dan? He's good. He's, yeah. yeah, we call him our little... Um, he's a little Hungarian um, terrorist. He goes around speaking some language we don't understand. And he. Um, I'm a very organized person, and apparently he doesn't like that. So... Every drawer or cabinet that we are unable to lock or barricade, he gets into and um, rearranges. Oh, that's good for you. While keeps, speaking his foreign language. Keeps you on your toes. It's yeah. Forces growth. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Overall, a, a pretty good-natured kid. Didn't you know you have it wrong and he's got it all right? <sighs> oh, man. We, we'll have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, being a parent's fun. Um, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm here with Wes Burke. In case you don't recognize the voice, Wes Burke's the owner, broker of Patterson Realty. Um, it's filling in for Jason because Jason's out of town. I'm thrilled to be here, Dan. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. When we were texting this morning, it, um, I could I could sense the excitement from you. I yeah. really could. You're well, like, can we stretch it out, make it a three-hour show this morning? I said, no, Wes, you know, we're limited to two. They got other people who need to come on. Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, the sunshine and the warm weather, uh, <laughs> they, they do provide a little bit of a, a distraction or a, a draw. Oh, did you just want us to open up the, the skylight? Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's do okay, that. Okay, we'll do let's that. get some sunshine yeah. in here. Got these fine accommodations thanks to uh, Eldorado Broadcasters. Thank you. Hey, where's your, where's your regular partner, Jason? He's in Texas. In Texas. Texas. You're from Texas. That's right. Yeah. I'm you're from Texas or you're from New Mexico? No, I'm from Texas. Grew, okay. Grew up in Lubbock and uh, yeah. lived, lived in Austin for a while. I think that's where Jason is. Yeah. He's uh, he's there just, just for a, a nice long weekend. Enjoying a little bit of the fine music scene they have there, I hope. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, yeah. I thought it'd be fun just to share a couple of little real estate tidbits about Texas. Oh, you have some? Well, I just know some off the top of my head. Oh, lay them on me. The biggest thing is that Texas is a state, I think the only state in the country, that's very restrictive. I'm I'm stopping short of saying they don't allow it at all because there are situations where they, they allow this. But um, they're very, very restrictive on allowing homeowners to take 
equity out of their home. Is that right? Uh-huh. So even back uh, when money was free and easy, they uh, they weren't uh, doing those big equity equity lines? That's correct, yeah. So Texas doesn't have nearly as many RVs and boats as we do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's an interesting stat. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and... I remember, I mean, even in, even when, like you said, money was free and easy, there were always, um, caveats to cash out guidelines to accommodate for Texas. Texas is a little bit different. They really only allow homeowners to take cash out of homes when there's some kind of like, um, an equity, like a, like a divorce type situation where, you know, two parties need to go their separate ways and take their equity. That's a, a valid reason to take cash out, but they don't let you just rack up the credit card and, and pay it off with home equity. And what it, it led to was a much stronger and uh, much softer fall when the whole real estate economy turned. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I follow the, the market just a little bit in West Texas and in, and in Austin and and Dallas as well, and I, you're right. They certainly didn't suffer uh, the the dra- the drastic uh, fall, not as not as hard or as fast as a lot of the country did. So, that's a there's maybe a little bit of a lesson in there. I think so. So that's that's my little fun fact about Texas. I'm sure we'll have a lot more when Jason comes back. So we'll we'll save the rest of it for next week. Great. Um, all right, that's all I got. What do you what did you bring? Well, you told me you told me that you felt a little underprepared today that maybe you were a little rushed this morning because the alarm didn't go off and uh, yet I see that you have oh, it looks like about a dozen articles clipped from I, the newspaper yeah, right in front of you. But notice what you don't see that you normally see is yellow highlighter everywhere. I see. Okay. So you're prepared, you just uh, I've got surface knowledge of of things that happened this week. Did a lot happen this week? I don't know. I don't know. It was a busy week for me. <laughs> Jason came in. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks oh, for yeah. the highlighter, Jim. Jim, Jim the engineer, is handed yeah. Dan a right highlighter time, right now. So right can... on time. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, there, there was a fair amount of news this week. There, there was a, a, a good amount of news um, housing-related, so good thing that we brought you in. Well, I, I came prepared to talk a little bit about housing locally, and I, I think there is some interesting conversation to be had. I, one of the things that you guys always do, of course, is is try to educate on market conditions, and with that comes the the um, ever-challenging task of trying to predict what our market is going to do. And the longer I'm in the business, the more I realize that that is a really tall order. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you start to second guess your your ability to predict? Yeah, well, you know, I, I was one of those believers back in, in the last boom that, that the Central Coast was so special and so many people wanted to be here that we would simply never never really see a, a recession in the, in the housing market. So that's how good I am. <laughs> But we've recovered quite nicely. We've done pretty well. We're not back up to uh, where we were. We haven't haven't hit the the height in terms of value. We've seen uh, a pretty dramatic increase in the number of transactions over the last eighteen months or so. And thank goodness uh, for those of us in our industry, we need those transactions to survive. And so it's it's been a little bit easier to make a living. And um, actually, I, I thought a lot about what we would talk about today, Dan. And I think that for the first time since I've been coming in here as as a guest on your show. Uh, I've always c- come in and lamented there never being a, a normal real estate market. You know, we we went from a market that was just insanely hot, um, too hot, and all the power was in the seller's court, 
to a market that um, overnight went the opposite direction and became a, um, an incredible buyer's market with a glut of inventory and prices rapidly declining. And then we came out of that. Um, it, it seemed like somebody flipped the switch again, and we just did a 180. There was no inventory. Buyers are competing with multiple offers, and um, it seems like we just kind of skipped over normal. But I'm here to tell you that it's beginning to feel like a normal market again. Really? Today's well, a normal I, I day. Sh- huh? I shouldn't use again because I don't think I've seen one <laughs> in San Luis Obispo, but it really is. Inventory is is increasing, so we're getting more into inventory levels that we consider to be uh, normal or indicative of a normal market. The um, activity is strong, but it's not as relentless as it, as it was this time last year. So we're still seeing, you know, on properties that are that are gems that are priced right, we're still seeing multiple offers. But the the frenzied a, um, attitude and um, atmosphere in the marketplace just doesn't seem to be quite uh, quite as bad as it as it was or as it has been. And I think that that's probably what we can expect going forward. I'm I'm predicting that we're going to have um, about the same or maybe slightly less. Um, in terms of volume, transactions, number of transactions, maybe a little bit of a decline in 2014. I, I do think we'll continue to appreciate, but I think that appreciation will occur at a rate that's much more reasonable and um, at, at a pace that is sustainable and and uh, won't have everybody on the edge of their, their seat quite as badly. So you heard it here first. <laughs> so when you're looking at all of the various data points when it comes to real estate sales, is there anything in particular that makes you think we're normal? Is it the months of supply? Is it the number of properties available? What are, what are you looking at? Yeah, really, it, it is. It's the amount of inventory, um, the absorption rates, and, and and those kind of stats that that clue us in the the most about the current conditions of our market. Of course, the the thing with statistics and in any market is that you're you're really you're looking at old data to try to predict what's what's happening in the future. But yeah, we've seen uh, an increase in inventory levels in San Luis Obispo from about a two month supply. Um, now we're in the um, four to six month supply and and depending on where you are in the county in some places it's it's even a little little bigger than that. And, you know, I, I think that uh, when you look at the charts and, and graphs that define uh, buyer's market versus normal market versus seller's market, you, you, you start to get into the normal category when you've got about a, a five to seven month supply of, of inventory. And, and that's about where we are. Are you at all worried that the market is cooling? I mean, it's it's maybe early on in in the normal phase that you're describing here. Is it is it, are you worried at all, or is it possible that the cooling trend could continue to get colder, and there could be we we could swing out of normal and back to that um, oversupply? And yeah, I think it's possible, but and in fact, I think the 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 arguments that. Uh, for something like that happening are part of what's going to moderate this market um, and keep it from being the frenzied market that we saw last year. Um, I, I just heard on the, the radio um, the home builders survey nationwide recently had some rather eh, bleak um, outlook. The, the home builders were not very confident in the market, um, and that'll slow growth down a bit, um, I, I think, you know, but 
here on in, in our area, we are seeing a higher level of, of activity and building than we have in a while. We've got uh, several projects coming online, and I know that um, new permits are being pulled um, at a higher rate than they have been in the last uh, probably five years right now. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like building activity has picked up. It's it's the busiest it's been probably in five years or, or longer. Um, we'll, we'll hear it firsthand a little bit later in the show. Uh, we're going to bring on Russ Goldman. He's the franchise owner of the G.J. Gardner based in Paso Robles, uh, and he'll join us here at 11 o'clock today. Um, so we'll, we'll get to hear directly from a home builder on what his sense of the market is. The survey that you mentioned that, that did occur this week was the National Association of Home Builders Wells Fargo Builder Sentiment Index. Um, this is a, an index. It's a scale of 1 to 100. Um, over 50 means that there's some amount of confidence that the f- among the home builders, and anything below 50 is um, is indicating that more builders view sales conditions as poor. Um, so in January, the home builders sentiment index was at 56, so slightly positive. And in February, it slid down to 46. So not only was that a pretty big slide for this index, um, the fact that it slipped below 50 into a more pessimistic attitude amongst home builders is, um, not the greatest of news. I, I mean, especially considering we're coming off of a time where there's really been little to no home building activity at all. You'd think any any activity would be a positive sign for these home builders and inspire a little confidence. But to see it in the negative realm is a little surprising to me. Yeah, it surprised me, too. And I, I was kind of curious what was what was behind that. Yeah, and it's a good question. Um, I, I wish I knew as well. I, I think that... I've got to believe that, and as much as I, Jason and I, these last few weeks have made fun of the the weather scapegoat. The reality is, there's a lot of really bad weather around the country. Maybe not here in California, but all over the rest of the country. That's probably um, making home building and new home starts a little difficult right now. Easier to finish up a home that maybe had the the whole exterior buttoned up, but. To, to start on something new is a little more difficult. So that may be slowing things down a little bit. Rates have been, rel- interest rates on the mortgage side have been relatively stable um, since middle to late last year. So I don't think there's anything new on the financing side that would um, cause home builder confidence to drop. Well, I, I have to wonder about the, um, the level of activity on product on the ground. I mean, here locally, I know all of the, the new new build projects that I'm aware of sales are going extremely well. I there's, I've, I've got a couple clients that bought at Los Lomas and uh, Atascadero. And I, I know that they're, they're basically oversold. They have a wait list for, for product that's not even online yet. And I think the, the same thing is kind of happening here at this project over in Margarita and San Luis Obispo. So locally new home sales are, are really strong. I'm curious if nationwide, if, if they have uh, seen a little bit different result. Yeah, and I, I want to go over some of those state, n- national, and, and even some of the local sales figures. Um, but first, we need to step aside for just a moment to hear some messages from our sponsors. There's a few great local companies that help uh, make this show possible, and we'd appreciate it if you'd listen to their messages. And we'll be back with more Mortgage Matters right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. 
To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. I tell you what, I don't know what we would do without Jim running this board and selecting such fine music. Yeah, he's, he's so good at You're tying always it on the it. theme. Just for those listeners that don't know, this is the theme song to the old TV show Dallas. Mm-hmm. We were yes. talking about uh, Texas. so You pick up on the most subtle things, and then you know it's, it's a perfect compliment. It's so great, Jim. Well, thank you. I thank think, you. isn't there like an award show for radio? There is. What is I, it? Uh, what, what are the... Um, well, there's like the Marconi Awards. Marconi's. Okay. Yes. We're going to nominate you. Yeah. Let us know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. I'm Dan Podesto. We've got Wes Burke sitting in for Jason Grody. I also, uh, in my haste to get the show started, um, forgot to mention that we've got a uh, loan officer sitting in our Central Coast Lending office waiting to take your phone calls. If you have any mortgage need, um, refinance or purchase, 
um, construction, mobile homes, any anything real estate related, and you need a financing question answered or some help, you want to start a loan application, we've got a guy in the office right now. You can give him a call at 543-LOAN, 543-5626. Oh, Dan, you don't need to give out that number. Any, you think it's ingrained in people's that listens to this station has that obnoxious jingle of yours implanted yeah. on their brain it's perfect we uh we just uh signed a contract during the break to uh, double the frequency so for those of you who love it you're gonna just love it even more i'm really frustrated <laughs> with you guys about that i i literally woke up on like wednesday morning and the first thing that ran across my head was just call 543 loan now is it jealousy really or is it are you i, I mean is it is it frustration or is it jealousy about the no, I mean, I the recognize, of the idea. I recognize that it's doing what you want it to do, <laughs> but it's so, so irritating when you get that thing stuck <laughs> in your head and you cannot get it out. Oh, man, it's the, the perfect advertising dilemma. Yeah, well, congratulations. <laughs> They've just achieved what they wanted to achieve with right. you, Wes. By torturing the entire listenership of KBEC. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we've we've been on a good roll here. I, I like where this conversation's heading. We've been talking about um, housing, and in particular, we've been talking about sales stabilizing of late. That we're that we might actually be entering a normal market where thing where supply and demand are somewhat in balance. Yeah, so prices I, you are know, stable. I, I'm looking at the stats, and and the amount of inventory is increasing. It's it's still not really. Um, as, as high as, as I had alluded to now that I'm looking at the numbers. For example, in San Luis Obispo proper, we're at about three, um, you know, 3.2 months of inventory. But l last year in February, we were below three at about 2.728. So there is a, a slight increase in inventory, and every little bit helps there. But I've got some numbers in front of me that I think point towards the a stabilizing of the market. And in, in September, for example, the average list to sales price was 98%. So things were selling at about 98% of what they were listed for. In January, that number dropped to 93%. Um, while at the same time, the average days on market has increased from, you know, September was 37 days was the average. And in January, it was 103. So hmm. Uh, that's all indicative of a, a stabilizing market where there's a little more balance between the supply and demand equation. Yeah, it to me um, that that kind of sounds like the signs before we see the the months of supply start to expand a little bit. Yeah, that's probably true. And and you know the other thing that that's worth talking about is is how much consumer confidence really drives this this market. I mean, we're really, I think, a market of public perception. If if the public thinks it's a good time to buy, then they do. And if they they don't, then, uh, then the market stagnates. And a, a lot of these stats, the changes in the stats in particular, um, may serve to undermine some of the faith and confidence that the, that the housing market is experiencing a true sustainable recovery. So it, I think it, though it, it will be interesting to see how the market manages this shift. It will be interesting. Let's let's dive in and just check out a couple of the, the latest housing sales numbers so we can get an idea of of how the, the different areas of the country compare. First, we'll start nationally. Um, 
I, I guess overall the headlines aren't great as I'm sitting here scanning everything in front of me. Everything seems to indicate sales are down or, or worse than they were in prior months, recent prior months. Nationally, U.S. home sales of existing homes, sales of existing U.S. homes, got, I, I think that was a, a weird way of saying it, but I think I recovered there. Um, worst pace in 18 months in January. Um, not surprising when I look back, the, the last 18 months have been pretty hot. Um, I remember last year, last winter, um, what was it, Christmas of, I guess that would be 2012, there really wasn't that normal seasonal break that, that we experience in the real estate industry. So I'm not surprised that this is the, the slowest in 18 months because it was pretty gangbusters there. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at. So you can take these stats out of context and, and really make a case that our market's not in good shape. But I, I think when you take it in full context, you, you start to recognize that it, it's actually okay. It's more of a normalizing in, uh, effect. It's not that we're going the other direction. Yeah, yeah. The, the actual sales rate declined about 5.1% over the last – 12 months. So that that's nationally. Yeah. So I, I think you make good points. I mean, we, we were coming out of a gangbuster period with uh, record sales, and we also uh, have to adjust for the seasonality of, of real estate purchases. And the, the fact of the matter is it's a very seasonal business. We were recently, we were looking at four-year um, segments of market data. And uh, locally, it the the chart just really tells the story that you know come about November things really drop and activity doesn't really pick up significantly until uh, about March. So then we have statewide the the California state numbers showed sales declining ten and a half percent. So a little more of a dramatic fall in California. Um, median home prices, however, were up twenty one almost twenty two percent statewide. So while we're seeing the number of units transacted declining, prices are still um, increasing at an unsustainable clip. When you zoom in just to Southern California, the six-county region in Southern California, we see that it pretty much lines up with the state. Um, home sales fell nearly 10% from last month. And um, But again, home prices were a little more than 18% higher. So similar numbers statewide and for Southern California. Um, and then when we look just at San Luis Obispo County, the number of homes sold were actually up almost 20%. Um, was this year over year? Yep, this is year over year. Up Number of units sold up 20%, and the median home price increased to only 5%. Um, so that's kind of interesting, a little bit of a different story in our county versus the rest of the state and country. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me. And I, and I think that, you know, our, our county, we see a relatively low number of transactions overall compared to a lot of the metropolitan areas around the state. So um, small pockets of activity can really skew the stats when you're looking at a, a month over month uh, as well. And I, I can tell you that on the street, it feels like activity is, is slowed down, not increased. So I, I think there, there may be some anomaly in that, but Hey Dan, one of the great things about the, the, about the show, the things that make it the most fun to do. And I think the most interesting for everybody is when people call in and, and engage us. So we don't just sit here and ramble off stats all day long. <laughs> And people can call at 543-8830. We're live in the studio, and you'll, you'll talk to us live just like Tony from San Luis Obispo is about to do. Thanks, Thanks for your show, guys. I just had a quick question about one of those stats that you 
just gave. Sure. Uh, re- regarding the, the 3.2 months, I believe, was the number for the, the inventory yes. uh, in San Luis Obispo. How, how is that number arrived at? What, what exactly does that mean? I'm not sure what that is. Okay, so what they it's a calculation based on the number of active listings and the number of listings that go pending in a in a particular amount of time. So you you look at how many are going pending and you compare it to how many active listings there are and that's that's how that number is computed. Oh, I see. I see that makes sense. Oh, okay. So if there's if there's 300 active listings and 100 go pending the month prior, you have 3 months of supply. Yeah, that's that's um Basically, that's accurate. Th- these stats are um, a little more sophisticated, so they actually contemplate pending and solds, and I'm not sure exactly how it's calculated, but the example you gave is is uh, a good way to get your head around how these numbers work. Good deal. Good deal. Well, thank you very much, and keep up the good work. All hey, right. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening, Tony. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. When you have a smaller sample size, you might see, like like we're seeing in our county, where there, we're looking at 260 sales in the month of, of January, the stats can get skewed a little bit more than when you're looking at the entire sale, sales. Um, yeah, it doesn't know, take very many transactions to, to create a pretty large um, you know, percentage change when you've only got 250 transactions. Now, so the, the, the general feeling on the street is that sales activity is slowing. Um, I know that there's no shortage of pre-qualified home buyers at our company. So it seems from my side of, well, of things yeah. that, that it may be just a lack of, of inventory that. Okay. That's let's, there. So let me qualify. It feels to me <laughs> like sales are slowing, like we're going to see a slower pace in 2014, but that's not what the numbers show. Actually, the numbers show a slight increase in activity um, year over year. So um, I'm telling you what what my instinct um, is telling me going forward. But statistically, we're still showing an an increase in activity. Hmm. Well, I know since the beginning of the year, I have had mortgage salespeople crawling all over me. They've been in and out of the office daily to try to drum up new business. And the the word on the mortgage street is that volume's down by about 50% since um, November and December. Okay, well, there's a pretty good explanation for that, though, uh, it seems to me. And that is that you're losing your you're losing your volume on the on the refi side. Yeah, but but the I think the refall, excuse me, the attrition from refis was experienced more between summer and winter last year. Rates really started moving in May and June, and I, I guess there was still some of that residual. Yeah, that probably volume. forced uh, actually forced some activity into the market from fence sitters thinking, yeah. okay, now things are gonna go up. So let let's back up and talk a little bit and explain why what we're talking about with this with the refi component. Um, as far as mortgage volume is concerned? Yeah, we're just suggesting that as interest rates increased, it it makes less it makes sense for fewer homeowners to refi to capture a lower interest rate because they're already in a, a sure. lower interest rate. So Yeah, I mean for for 4 years now, folks have been refinancing out of their 6 and 7% interest rates into 3 and 4% interest rates and some folks did it you know, a couple times a year, follow following rates all the way to the rock bottom. I, th- I think they got as low as maybe three percent on a thirty-year fixed. Um, 
and and then in June of last year, we really saw a big jump as as talk of winding down this uh, treasuries and and mortgage backed security bond buying that the Fed has been engaged in for five years or more. Um, as, as talks of that winding that program down really started to fire up in the spring and summer of last year, rates popped about a percent. They they moved about a percent higher. It was in two major movements in a very short period of time, and that all but killed the refinance market. There are still people who, um, who have loans that you know they, they might have bought a home with a low down payment and had mortgage insurance, and they've seen some appreciation, so they can they can get out of that mortgage insurance, and they might still want to refi. There are. Um, there are people who who just haven't been able to take advantage of the low rates because of equity problems, and now they might have that five percent equity or, or three, you know, five or three or in some cases zero percent equity in order to take take advantage of a refinance. Um, so there are some refinance transactions, but our mortgage business, and it's this is indicative of the whole industry, is it, it was about eighty percent refinance, twenty percent purchase, and now it's really shifted. Um, nearly the opposite. I, I think our volume's closer to 80% purchase now and 20% refi. Yeah, so I, I think that really uh, answers the questions about the mortgage activity stat. I, I, I just think that that's largely due to the, to the refi thing changing. But um, I, I think, um, you know, the California Association of Realtors is, is, they do a pretty good job with their economic forecast every year, and, and they're predicting... Um, a more stable market this year as well, um, more appropriate or, or more sustainable appreciation, like in the 3% range and activity being about the same as it was last year. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw um, the number of transactions um, stay relatively the same. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw it go down a bit. That's actually what I think is going to happen. Um, I would be the most surprised probably if throughout the year the number, the, the volume continue to increase over last year that would surprise me so um i was engaged in a conversation this week with a younger um couple who are interested in in buying a home maybe buying a home in the san luis obispo area and they were asking a few questions that i thought would be perfect for you um so i want to share those with you today they're young. I mean, a young couple. They're in their early twenties. Um, one of them is working. One of them still in school, and um, they're not sure how long they're going to be staying in San Luis Obispo. Um, right now, it looks like they're going to be staying here through twenty fifteen, but not sure if they're going to stay much beyond that. They're wondering if it if it's right if if they should seriously consider buying a home, or if they should just continue renting for the next two years. Although they may end up staying here longer. Um, their, their concerns were, you know, they don't want to be in a position where they have to leave the area and they're stuck with a property that they either can't sell or can't rent. Th that was the, the question that was, uh, well, it's, it's proposed good, to me and they, they wanted some advice on how to handle that situation. Well, it's, it's a good question. And, and, you know, you, you have to understand that from a, a real estate agent's perspective, we, we probably are usually going to tend towards purchase. Um, <laughs> so let me try to defend that position now. I, I think there are a number of reasons. I think that the truth is the, the answer for those people is it depends. 
and it depends on their their tolerance for a few different things for example um, if they buy this home now and they do decide to move out of the area do they have a tolerance for keeping it and converting it to a, a rental and that will steer the conversation down a uh, one path the, the the rental market in san luis obispo is extraordinarily strong it's been very stable for a huge number of years even when the housing market was in a full recession the rental market in san luis obispo suffered very little and i, I think part of that was conditions of the recession forced a lot of homeowners into the rental market which was a stabilizing factor for the rental market but with cal poly here in san luis obispo the in san luis proper the the rental market is pretty darn stable and the odds of getting stuck with something that you can't rent it's just it's really unheard of to, to be honest i mean the vacancy factors in san luis are so low that rental properties just stay rented and have very little vacancy factors so if they have a, a tolerance and a capacity to to hold the property as an investment over a long period of time and if the rental income will either carry the property or in in great um, in a great circumstance will supplement their income with you know with an overage then then it starts to make a whole lot of sense if their down payment is small enough um, that you can't expect a neutral or a positive cash flow from that property in a rental environment then I think they have to look to to dig a little deeper in the decision making process because um, buying a home and reselling it within a 12 or 24 month period, um, I, there's some exposure there. I, I don't think there's a tremendous amount of risk in the next 24 months that our market is going to see any declines in value of significance. But I do think that um, it would be r responsible to estimate that the rate of appreciation is going to be slow enough that um, transacting twice in that short amount of time, just the fees in, involved in transacting uh, may create a net loss for, for somebody in, in that short amount of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you addressed that point there at the end. Um, I, I think it's easy to say, yeah, buy. When, when home prices are appreciating at 20% year over year, I mean, you're you're not going to have an issue with being able to make up for those fees and and still walk away with at least as much as you put into it, if not a little profit. Um, when homes are appreciating at a more modest pace, like three percent or or you know somewhere around there per year, then it's a little bit of a different story. Yeah, it is, and and you should budget um, transactional costs associated with selling a property somewhere in the six to eight percent range just kind of depending on how everything goes everything goes but um yeah so you you're going to need to see you know that much appreciation in in that period of time just to just to come out um in a in a net zero position i had a feeling you were going to advocate for buying well I, <laughs> you know i i talk with jason about this a lot and and i really am a staunch believer in in real estate and um I tell this story often and, and have told it to Jason, maybe even here on the radio, but my dad, um, who is a man that I have a tremendous amount of respect for, he's been a, he was a very successful businessman and he was um, very wise with, with his money, but he was always looking for creative ways to invest and save. And I remember um, when I was 
a young boy, he bought gold and silver and actually, you know, gold and silver um, blocks. And they came in big, um, big white buckets and, and he stored them in his closet, you know. And, and so he did that. He, he explored in, in uh, he invested in ex exploratory um, oil drilling companies and the stock market and real estate. And what he told me after many, many decades of, of being an investor that the only investment he's never lost a penny on is real estate. Hmm. And that always stuck with me. And in, and in fact, my retirement plan is, is real estate. You know, my, my wife and I in, um, own investment real estate in several places around the country. And I really believe in its value as, as, as an investment. So I always do encourage people to get into the real estate market. Um, it doesn't always make sense. It really depends on, um, for, for example, for first time home buyers that may not know whether they're going to stay in the area, they really need to sit down and figure out how much money they could save by not buying versus buying. And they need to develop kind of a position relative to their tolerance for the risks associated with being in, in real estate as an investment. Sage words from Westburg. <laughs> Tell them to call me. We'll, <laughs> we'll sit down and talk. I'll, I'll have them um, convinced that real estate's a good investment, whether or not it makes, <laughs> whether or not it makes sense for them to buy right now. I know that's not true. I know that's not true. Wes has people's best interests at heart. No, it, I, I, I think that they, they can be a believer in, in real estate as an investment and still come to the decision that it's not the right time to buy. Yeah. That's absolutely possible. Yeah. It, as much as I know you're, you know, real estate's a for-profit game for you, it's, a, it's also something where it's easy to talk about objectively as well. I mean, there's pros and cons to every transaction, and as, oh, long, as, and as long as an educated or a, a person educates themselves on that, then then there's a decision to be made. You know, and that's one of the neat things about today's world um, versus, you know, the ancient times when I got into this business. <laughs> you, you really had nothing but a realtor's opinion to rely on because the data just wasn't available. But in this age of, of information... Now you've got headlines and hype to help guide you. Oh, you've got headlines <laughs> and hype, but you've got data too. I mean, yeah, you do. The, the consumer has access to the, the most robust data that has, has ever existed relative to these big decisions that they're making. And they're, they're coming to transactions incredibly educated. And, and they really know the market and they know what they're getting into. And that's a much better way to, tr to transact. It's time that we take another commercial break. Here it's 1047. Uh, we will take just a couple of quick minutes aside to thank the sponsors once again, and we'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. State of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. 
Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Uh, the fun we have during the breaks. Amarillo by morning. I, see, I was born just outside of Amarillo. Jim, I don't know. You you irritated me in that commercial break. Though. <laughs> oh, you know you liked to, it. For the listeners, Jim turned up the Central Coast Mortgage jingle uh, full throttle here in the studio when it played during the commercial break. <laughs> and then on top of that, these guys harassed me about our Patterson Realty commercial that we've been running on their show for a... Uh, a number of years and and uh they're, they're calling it stale so you know, <laughs> it could use a little i want to invite the, invite the listeners to to call in with their jingle ideas for uh for patterson realty commercials so, oh wow live in the show up call yeah. in and call in and sing us sing sing for us your idea of a good patterson realty <laughs> jingle or you can sing it to jim and then jim will sing it to us there you <laughs> yeah, go yeah okay that, that'll work that'll work five four three eight eight three zero with your advertising ideas for patterson realty Nice. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll do a. Do they get a free house out of the deal or something? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. That's probably not right. That's a stretch, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> that's a stretch. All right. Well, um, let's see. A few more little news items. And it, before we jump into a couple more news items, um, just a reminder that in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by Russ Goldman of G.J. Gardner. He's a home builder here locally based in Paso Robles, building all over the county. Um, and we're going to hear from him about the state of home construction and uh, other issues. So hopefully you'll stick around for that. We'll also be taking calls for him when he's in the show. Um, so that's coming up next hour. That'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to get his take on the market conditions. You, you've mentioned that you've seen a, a big increase in the number of um, uh, folks attempting to borrow construction money for, for new building. And yeah, I don't know if it's coincidence of, of our guest schedule this week or what, but um, we had a, a huge influx of construction loan inquiries this week. Um, 
various phases, some people ready to break ground as soon as they get financing and other people still kind of feeling it out. But um, a disproportionate number of of construction inquiries this week. So um, again, it leads me back to that that home builder confidence number. I, I, it baffles me when I granted, we're just one little small mortgage shop here in, in San Luis Obispo, but to, to all, all of a sudden have all these inquiries about construction would, um, inspire a lot of confidence if I were a home builder. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to understand that one still my, myself. And, you know, I, th- I think people, uh, building custom homes is, a little bit different than than what home builders um, are focused on in the, in their stats. I mean, I, they're really talking about larger yeah. track development. I, it, I think. Yeah, I, I'm sure that with that with that statistic, you're getting the Pulte homes, the Shea homes, the you know some of the bigger bigger developers who focus on the big projects, not the not the little guy who does a infill project here and there. Right. At, but because they deal in larger volume and they uh, have huge teams of, of analysts, I tend to uh, take what they say pretty seriously as, at the same time. Yeah. It, uh, one one possible explanation for why they may be um, losing a little bit of confidence recently is um, a string of, of negative data, whether it's employment figures which we've seen a couple months in a row of not such great employment figures and then a little maybe more technical is the inflation number we don't we're not seeing a lot of inflation which is something the fed's been trying to encourage for the last five years with their monetary policy um their concern is that with inflation staying at below a two percent annual growth rate that people aren't transacting um, business, whether it's buying a house or buying ice cream at the grocery store, they're not transacting on a fast enough pace um, to support growth in the in the country. When when there's not a lot of inflation, the person holding the dollar has confidence that that dollar is going to be worth a dollar tomorrow, so they're not eager to go out and spend it. If they're worried that that dollar is going to be worth ninety cents tomorrow they're going to be more likely to go out and spend it today while it's still worth a dollar. Um, so that's the, the dilemma, I guess, that we're in right now. And I, it's, it seems a little far-fetched to me to believe that that would impact home building and home sales, but it's possible, I guess. Oh, yeah, I, th- I definitely think it's possible. And, um, you know, I, I, I see a lot of question about really the stability of this this recovery and and whether we're on solid footing and it seems like just when that that kind of re- that fury reaches a some kind of peak then uh, good news comes out and and kind of corrects the the momentum of the consumer confidence part of the equation but um, you've got all kinds of stuff in front of you there about jobs and uh, share with us a little bit more of the current data relative to the economy in general um well jobs jobs right now is is the big driver of of news i mean that's that's what most headlines seem to be focused on and we keep seeing um weaker than expected job growth and we keep seeing higher than expected jobless claims um you know for a while there we were getting jobless claim figures um that were approaching a level that was indicative of a really strong jobs market and now they're kind of moving the other way and again a lot of this stuff is being blamed on weather um 
really everything bad right now, economic data-wise, is being blamed on weather. Um, so it, it's it's tough to know if that's really what's going on um, or or if that's just an excuse right now, and maybe the economy isn't as strong as we believe. Well, I know, I know you guys have kind of um, treated it a little bit as uh, as a funny here on the show, but the it makes a lot of sense that it would be impacting the equation i mean the the weather back east has been horrific just the you think about the number of flights that have been canceled in these in these various storms i mean those that's going to have an economic impact on things people you know can't get to work the airlines uh, obviously suffer when flights are canceled by the thousand like they have been in chicago and new york and so it i think it's very real that that the weather's impacting some of these statistical um, data points as as far as um, U.S. home construction goes, um, it has fallen nearly five percent, um, or it fell nearly five percent in December, and the decline was was primarily based on weather. Is that um, month over month, or is that December I, I believe that's a month December. over month figure, and then I'm seeing uh, starts were down sixteen percent from December into January. So that actually I think those are two consecutive months. December to January, January I don't know. Two months in a row it's down. It's not it, it's I d- I down just, 16 and down nearly 5. I asked just because again we get back into the conversation about seasonality. I mean, we would, right. I would expect there to be fewer starts in December and and January than you're going to see in, you know, April and March and April. Yeah, and, and the, that is generally the case. We generally see a drop off in that kind of activity in the winter. For all of 2013, housing construction rose almost 18 percent. Um, best year for construction since 2007. So I guess all is not bad when it comes to construction. Yeah, and so I, I think it's just going to be important that as this market does begin to stabilize, that we not uh, panic. I mean. Just because the the numbers don't stay as strong as they were last year, it's um, it doesn't mean that we're going that it's a that we're destined for another uh, housing recession. No, I'm encouraged at the prospect of normal um, when it comes to real estate. I I really am. I I think that what we've been going through for the past ten to twelve years is anything but normal, and 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 I'm looking forward to normal. I'm looking forward to predictable normal. Um, and maybe having the economic headlines of the world focus on something other than bonds, treasuries, and housing and employment. Let's let's focus on something else. How about yeah. innovation? Innovation. That would be a good one. <laughs> All right. We've got, uh, we're getting forced out here into the top of the hour break. It's uh, 11 o'clock. We will be back for another hour of Mortgage Matters. We're going to be joined by Russ Goldman of G.J. Gardner when we come back. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right. 
As threatened, we are back on Mortgage Matters. I am Dan Dan Podesto. I'm joined by Wes Burke of Patterson Realty, and we're welcoming in Russ Goldman of GJ Gardner, local home builder based in Paso Robles. Welcome to the show, Russ. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Not your first time on the radio? No, no, it's not. <laughs> All right, but it's been a while. It has. It has. We've been uh, we've been extremely busy. We've been picking up quite a bit of momentum since I was here last time. So, uh, you know, we, we're just trying to keep up with everything that's coming in at this point. That's good. That's what we want to hear. We were um, we were sharing some headlines earlier on the show today about home builder confidence and home sales numbers and how um, everything seems to be pointing to a little bit of a of a decline in activity. Um, at least when you look across a more broad spectrum, when you start to zoom into our county, things are still relatively um, active. Maybe the, f- the feeling is that it's not quite as active as it, as it was a little bit ago. And then we got this, this number this week from the Home Builders, um, the National Association of Home Builders, where sentiment has dropped into a, a pessimistic, pessimistic state. And so it's great to have you on and hear how busy you are and how how great things are. So yeah, tell you us know, more. I really, to tell you the truth, I think it, if you've got a pessimistic attitude at this point as a home builder, it's kind of a reflection to some degree upon what you've personally got going. Um, you know, there's opportunities out there really right now in virtually every direction. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, having the ability or the, the things in place that are necessary to take advantage of those opportunities. What, what are you seeing, Russ, as the most active segment of the market? Is it custom builds? Is it spec building? Is it track building? Well, you know, we've been in a, a unique situation here for a while where there's been kind of a, a shortage in a sense of new housing. Um, and with that being said, you know, there's there's a huge demand, I think, for, for the track housing environment to start picking up. But um, from what I'm seeing personally, at least in our particular county, is it's just it's the difficult part is finding that piece of land where the numbers all work at the end of the day. Um, so the demand is there, but the the land isn't always there the way it needs to be to facilitate that. Um, but with that in mind, you know, like I said before, if there's there's a lot of opportunities out there, so it, it's really those guys that are that are savvy and and just nose to the grindstone um, that are going to be finding those little opportunities. You know, oftentimes it's the ones that that aren't known widely out on the the open market that are that are the really golden opportunities. Um, I I feel like we maybe skipped a step here. Welcoming you on, welcoming you on the show. We diving right into the heavy stuff. I wanted to just um, give you an opportunity. I, I know you and, and Wes, Wes and I both know you, but maybe not all of our listeners are familiar with you. So I wanted to just have you um, share with our listeners a little bit about your background, how you um, came to be linked up with GJ Gardner and just, just a little bit of the, that kind of stuff, yeah, the get but, to know you stuff. You know, really my, my experience in the construction industry started with uh, AT&T designing big fiber optic builds for them in the San Diego area. Um, shortly after that, after the uh, dot-com whole explosion kind of kind of subsided, uh, I went into the civil engineering field and we're doing, uh, doing the designs for Walmart and Lowe's shopping centers pretty much all over the western United States. Um, consequently, 
as we were living in San Diego, uh, I did the design initially for the uh, Lowe's Shopping Center in Paso Robles, which is now there. Uh, at the time, not knowing I was going to be moving up here at some point. But, uh, you know, after that, uh, at that time, actually, while I was doing the engineering for Walmart and Lowe's, uh, we had our first child and decided to get out of Southern California and come up here to the country um, to, you know, to raise our family. So at that point, we, uh, my family owns a big commercial construction business up in the uh, Monterey County area, and I went to work for them uh, running big commercial construction projects. Uh, many of the packing plants that run in both like Santa Maria and up in the Monterey County area were our big main customers. We'd take care of all their processing facilities and stuff like that. Uh, and then I just got tired of the commute ultimately from, from Paso to Salinas every day and not getting to see my wife and children very often. So I, I ended up hanging it up with the, with the family business and came down here to start my own. Um, you know, and at that point, crazy as it may sound, you know, we went ahead and, and went for that jump into self-employment at a time when really the economy was just starting to go off that cliff from a construction standpoint. Um, so instead of, you know, being kind of bullheaded and focusing on that new construction market, which I was so familiar with, I kind of took some time and, you know, we did our due diligence and, and figured out where some openings were in that construction field that were still thriving. And uh, what we found was the remodel and additions and stuff like that were still still a fairly consistent portion of the market. Uh, so we, we consistently targeted that and, and stayed busy more or less seven days a week. Until uh, at one point, I was I was putting a new roof on a house, and GJ Gardner called me, and the rest is kind of history. You know, now I now I own the franchise for San Luis Obispo County, and we spent probably a good six or eight months just getting the business to a point where we were ready to take on customers and and you know professionally and and accurately build these projects for them. So once we reached that point, uh, boy, it's like the floodgates open. You know, we had our grand opening in July of 2012, um, and then we've really just had consistent growth ever since then. Well, what's the advantage both to you and to the consumer to uh, to working with a, a G.J. Gardner, like a franchise, versus just finding a, you know, a builder who's on his own? Right. Well, you know, I'll tell you, today, probably more so than ever before, the biggest advantage to, to building, say, with us versus somebody else is the – the resources we have in place to go after the, the next upcoming trend. Um, in today's market, really what it boils down to is the green building. Uh, for the last several years, we've been running off of the 2010 California Building Code, and just recently, as of January 1st, we all switched to the 2013 California Building Code. And in addition to that, there's some new regulations that set forth for us as builders where uh, there's an organization called the California Greenpoint Rated System that, at least in the county anyway, anything over 2,500 square foot or greater, we're required to hire this third-party green building consultant that basically runs through the whole project in the design phase, and they implement certain green building methods into the project. Um, so as that relates to G.J. Gardner, we've we've got the resources on a national level and even a worldwide level where we've pumped tons of money into the research and development of this stuff. Uh, so we're pretty well versed on the whole green building process, the green building practices, the requirements not only by the state but our local cities and, and counties. Um, so I, I feel like 
without a doubt, we're a leg up on our competition when it comes to that. And that that in itself right now is really kind of driving our building market. It's it's become such an important part of it. Uh, you know, really, at least within the county, if you're not familiar with that, you're in trouble. You're really in trouble. I've heard so much about the this this change in standards. Can can you tell us a little bit about just how how drastic is the change? What does it mean for builders in terms of um, you know, increased cost and time in process? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, more or less, it's it's going to equate as far as the the changes or the things we're having to put into these homes from a green building standpoint. We're you know it's adding a few thousand dollars to every project. Um, if you go with somebody like us that is familiar with the process, uh, we can minimize the additional time added to the permit process and the design process. Um, but there, with that being said, there is a little bit of time added to that. There's some extra rev reviews that are involved in that. You know, the third-party green building consultant uh, has to review the whole project. We have to sit down and create this whole list of items uh, that are associated with a point system. Um, so it is adding some time, but not terribly, not a terribly bad amount of time. Uh, and the money part of it can be minimized if you're, you're working with somebody who knows what the ultimate goal is. Give us some examples of some of the actual changes. Um, for example, there's, there's one that uh, is in reference to what they call a whole house fan. Uh, and it's, it's really nothing more than just a small exhaust fan that you similar to what you're going to see in your bathrooms. Uh, but it's got to be out in the main living space of the home somewhere. And it's, it's meant to, or the theory behind it, is that it draws any moist air out of the home and it exhausts it out. Um, and really what's driving that is in the past, the, the mold issues and how serious that's become. Really, the reason why we're doing that, though, is, is with these new homes being so energy efficient, they're so airtight that they, you know, they tend to trap moisture in more so than the old houses did. So there's a need now to have these fans in the houses. Um, and it's now a requirement as a part of this these new code changes? Well, there are certain ones that are required. Uh, and then there's a whole list of other items that you actually can pick and choose, almost like a buffet-type setup, you know. And really the ultimate goal is you have to achieve a minimum of 75 points to obtain your certificate of occupancy. So that's the ultimate goal. Now, some of those items are mandatory. Some of them we can choose which ones we do and don't want to do. And that's where our knowledge of it really comes in is we can, we can choose the ones that have the least impact to the customer, to the homeowner, and try to minimize not only the financial impact but the time impact on the project as well by doing that. Um, you know, and some of, the, some of those things are actually a little on the crazy side if you think about it. One of them is uh, they would like us uh, to, to build a shoe box at the front door to, to take your shoes off and store your shoes on the at the front door because they're they've found through studies that if you walk in the house with your shoes on you're tracking contaminants in your home um <laughs> so that actually helps your score on this you actually get points for providing a shoe box storage box at the front door wow uh another one is we they would like us to put exhaust fans above each car bay in your garage that automatically kick on when you pull in the garage and they run for a period of about 15 minutes and then automatically kick off. And, you know, again, they found through studies that once you pull in the garage, shut your car off, your car through the exhaust pipe bleeds out contaminants for a period of about 15 minutes. So, you know, it, 
in a lot of ways, you know, some people look at that as a, as a really good thing, and, and there's other people that, that I'm sure look at that as, a you know, imposing, you know, the state imposing their will on them, trying to save them from themselves. So, you know, what we try to do is find that balance where the customer doesn't feel like they're having things imposed on them, um, but yet we're still able to meet the requirements of the, of the state and the local counties. That's good. So with all the studies and all the all the resources that have been devoted to that kind of stuff, you're able to advise on where you get the most bang for your buck to achieve those those different metrics that you have to achieve to yeah. get a home. Yeah. Out. Now that's that's really interesting. That wasn't what I thought you were going to say. I, I remember um, talking to you about the the GJ Gardner franchise and and you as a you know from a consumer standpoint, I the thing that I found really attractive was the the scale on which they buy fixtures and things like that, they're able to get amazing deals. And not that you're building, you know, millions of homes and buying on scale, but because the franchise name is buying on scale with all the different franchises around the country or world, really, they get incredible deals from manufacturers like Kohler and, you know, various other places like that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, and, and, the list of benefits as far as being affiliated with G.J. Gardner, you know, we could probably go on for more than an hour here. But, uh, you know, certainly our buying power uh, as individual franchise owners, you know, equates to our buying power as a as a worldwide corporation. Um, most of our vendors look at look at us as one big corporation versus the independent franchise owner. And. In trade, we get we get just phenomenal purchasing deals on on most of our materials. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it's an amazing benefit, you know, and that really equates to savings for the for the customer. I've I've said in the past, I think I've probably told you and and most of the people that I deal with that you know I'll go I'll happily go toe to toe with any builder in this county on price, assuming we're going at comparing apples to apples. You know, there's a lot of ways to to tweak a bid to make numbers say whatever you want but if we're going apples to apples i will happily go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody in this in this county it's nice when you can be confident on price and that's never yeah. a, a concern yeah we are joined in the studio live by uh russ goldman from gj gardner he's the local franchise owner he's based in paso robles he's a home builder here in the county uh, we are gonna take a quick commercial break it's 11 20. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Russ and uh, just get more into the state of home building and and uh, maybe talk some more about the projects that he's working on currently. Uh, stick around for more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. 
Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. All right, we're back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVC. Um, we had a, starting an interesting conversation here during the break um, with Russ, and you know, so, as we've discussed already, so many of the headlines are indicating kind of a downturn in in home sales, and we had that national home builders confidence number falling. But we're getting a much different picture from from you, Russ, about what's going on here locally, that it's busy. You're actually having to turn away business. And in asking you more about that, it you actually brought, bring me back to where Wes and I started this show today, and it's about there's a bit of reluctance to maybe staff up to take on additional work until you feel like things are stable. And we started the show talking about we might actually be entering a normal real estate market, which we haven't seen in these parts for 10 or 12 years. And, and so it's hard to predict staffing needs and, uh, you know, all, all the needs of running a business until we see something business activity sustain for a while at a, at a consistent pace. Um, so while it's great to hear that you're busy, it's, um, it's, it sucks that you have to turn stuff down too. Um, well, you know, yes and no. Um, you, you know, for me, it's it's a great indicator that we're having to turn things away from time to time. Um, you know, because that tells me we're we're moving in the right direction. And really, normalcy is is what I'm hoping for personally more than anything else. And I think, you know, the last few weeks you've seen, or not the last few weeks, but the the last year or so, you've seen, you know, the the market start trending up and things doing really well and now you're seeing a little bit of backing off and it's really it's self-correction at least in my opinion and and that's really what we want to see in a in a stable normal market we want to see it correcting itself when the when the, the need is there you know so I really don't see I try not to pay too much attention to the the day-to-day trends and the numbers and all that stuff because again you can make numbers and trends really say 
whatever you want them to from a media standpoint, you know. And the media oftentimes is is driven by ratings and, you know, how do you get ratings by saying outlandish stuff or putting out numbers that are going to draw attention and, you know, whether they're altogether true or not. So I really try to purposely distance myself from the day-to-day numbers and, and stuff like that and just really focus on what's in front of me and what I see coming in my door. I mean, because at the end of the day, that's where my bread and butter is, is what's walking in my door, not what's happening in, say, Texas or New York or something like that, you know. That's such a great point. But it it's, is. If, <laughs> if we all did that, Dan, you wouldn't have a radio show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have something to debate. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting what you alluded to in the early part of your conversation of um, as a potential cause for some of this, because I did hear nationally as an explanation for the lack of confidence and the lack of new construction starts relating to the lack of inventory. That builders, part of the re- part of the lack of confidence, part of the reason that the numbers are down is because they simply can't find appropriate places to build. Well, and and to take that one step further in the in the state of California, one of the big factors in that is simply just water. You know, and, and it's unfortunate that that is such a driving force in what we're doing right now. But it's it's just the way it is. Water is is just a huge deal right now. You know, have you run into any issues um, in the the permitting process related to water? Um, not so much in the permitting process. What it's really starting to play a factor is is in cities like you know I live in Paso Robles, so I'll use that as an ex- as an example. Um, you know, there's while we have open land up there for days and days, the city can't annex any more new land into the city's control to facilitate the need for those new houses because there's no water to provide for them. So it's it's kind of a double edged sword. While the while the need is there and the drive for the new construction is there, the the utilities are not there to facilitate the need. Um, so, you know, how we get by that, it still re- remains to be seen. Uh, you know, hopefully our politicians are, are taking a good hard look at it and, and they're going to make some good educated decisions, you know, on, on how to move forward on this and, and take care of it, you know. Are there, I, I know over the years I've heard of challenges in getting projects approved and now water may be one of those challenges. Are there other other issues that people need to be aware of when embarking on a new build? You know, it's not really. I mean, it, what I would caution against is if if you go if you're interested in in building a new home, for example, and you go talk to, I would recommend talking to more than one builder for sure because you're going to hear different stories and different opinions with every with every builder you go talk to. Um, and really, what it boils down to is one of those builders is going to fit your personality and, and your style better than the others do. Um, so I don't really see that there's any major issues outside of the water problem. Um, it's, you know, it, it's a normal market, again, which is, which is good. We're seeing it move towards a normal market. Uh, and, and any reputable builder is you know, is, is going to provide you with a good service for the most part. How involved are you guys in the, the permitting process and everything for people? I hear, I hear so many people lament the process, talk about how arduous, expensive, subjective, 
the whole process is. How, how much do you guys participate in navigating that? Uh, we actually participate 100% in that in most cases. I mean, let me go back a little bit. We can we can participate as much as the homeowner would like us to participate in that. We can follow the whole thing through 100%, or we can do bits and pieces of it, or we can just wait for the permit to be handed to us, and we can go off and build. So um, I prefer, if we can do it, to, to more or less control 100% of the permit process. Um, it takes a lot of headache away from the homeowner um, and we're familiar with the process we know the people at the county and the cities and you know so it's in most cases it's advantageous to have us go ahead and just follow through that whole process now it can be irritating at times um, for those folks that haven't been through it before there's I think a lot of questions come up throughout the process just why is this happening why is this taking place why are they imposing this or that on us and Sometimes that's an easy question to answer. Sometimes it's not. But ultimately, if if we're on the forefront fighting that battle for the customer, it really takes away a lot of the stress for the for the customer. How how expensive and how um, time consuming is that component? Uh, you know, it really varies from project to project uh, in the intricacies of the project. If, uh, if we're doing a hillside build that's got a significant amount of earthwork, then the process tends to be a bit longer than if we're, uh, you know, building on an already prepared pad within a track housing development. Um, you know, in a track housing type environment, we can get through the process relatively quickly and painlessly. In a, some of the hillside builds or building over on the coast, depending on what the soil types are and the topography and everything else, there can be some added time and, and headaches to that. Um, but, you know, in most cases, it can, it can be managed to where it's not that bad. And really, I find, and oftentimes, it's communication with, with our customers that really can kind of smooth out that process. Um, if we communicate with them properly, while they may not agree one way or the other with what the, the city or the, the county is imposing on us, at least they have an understanding of what's taking place, and it makes it a little bit easier to stomach, you know? Yeah, um, where I'm, I'm curious about some of your current projects and and what you're what you're working on currently, um, where they're located. Like, what what kind of stuff are you working on right now? Are you working on owner occupied type builds? Yeah, you know, pretty much uh, the majority of what I've got going right now is owner occupied. Um, we do have uh, one spec we're getting ready to break ground on in the uh, Santa Isabel Ranch development. We're going to be breaking ground on that actually Monday. Uh, which is great. We're looking forward to that. Um, and then we're going to be doing a few spec builds up in the track 1990, the new side of uh, Heritage Ranch up by up by the lake. Um, but most of my most of what I've got going on right now, we've got four under construction that are that are for specifically for a homeowner. What's when someone's gone out and looking to either buy an existing home or build a new home? What what should what are the pros and cons of each? I mean, I I'm glad I have both of you here. Um, you know, building a new home always seems like a great idea because you can get it exactly how you want it. Right. But there's a lot of you're involved in that process, and it it takes a lot of time and energy to get through that process, even when you have a great builder. Um, and then there's buying an existing home. It seems nearly impossible to find exactly what you want the way you want it. So. What, what kind of advice do you have for, for people who are considering one or the other? Well, I, you know, 
being being on the builder side of it, obviously my preference would be would be to build new, um, and, and there's a lot of benefits to that. One being is that, you know, when the house when the the house is done, uh, construction's final, and we got that certificate of occupancy. In most cases, you have at least when you're building with us, you'll have a pretty decent amount of equity the day you move into that thing. Uh, where if you buy a, an existing home, you know you're paying market value for that home and not that you'd want to, but theoretically you couldn't turn around and sell it a week or a month later and make any money out of it. Where, you know, building with us new, chances are you could at the absolute least break even and in most cases put a few bucks in your pocket. Um, and, you know, in re in regards to Wes's stance, I, what I would tell Wes is that, uh, you know, in building new, he can pick up a commission on the land sale and he can also pick up a commission for the home sale with us as well. So, he, he wouldn't be losing out on, on that commission money either way. Um, I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that same question, Wes. Well, I, I think you just got an answer for your young couple. I, <laughs> right. They, they can build new and have equity it from It might day be one. done by the time yeah. they're uh, ready to leave the county. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Just do it as a spec build, yeah, maybe right. live in it for six months and down the uh, road. I, I'm a huge fan of new construction. I think that it makes a whole lot of sense for, for people, and it's – such a, a pleasurable thing for most people it's m most people that build um it, it's the realization of a kind of a, of a lifelong dream to get a new home built and designed the way they want it and that's pretty special i mean that's that's really full realization of the american dream and so i i'm an advocate for that i think that um historically we see a lot of people choose to build a house when the cost of doing so is somewhat in line with the cost of buying existing. And um, I, I think that we may be approaching that. Now, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are ab about that because, frankly, I haven't helped anybody um, build a, a house in, in a few years, and so I don't really know how the costs are lining up with existing um, inventory. But, um, you know, I, I think that in a lot of markets, most of the time, people can go out um, with a smaller budget and buy an existing home than they can actually build. I, you know, I would probably agree with you in that respect that, uh, you know, if, you, if your funds are very limited and, you, and, you know, you're working on a real tight budget, then you probably have a better opportunity to get a little more house with something that's used. But um, if, you, if you do have the ability to have a little more cash up front, uh, maybe a few more assets, something like that, then I would say the new build would probably be a better option. What, what are your thoughts about the kind of like on a cost per square foot basis um, compared to, you know, the resale inventory? Yeah, well, you know, it, again, it, it varies really. Uh, a square footage cost to build is, is really, really strongly driven by the finished work in the home. Um, you know, so I mean, we could, we could do something on a, on a very, you know, low le on our lower end level would probably be about 110 bucks a foot. Um, you know, what we call our prestige package, which is typically what we start with with all of our customers, and then we can kind of move up or down from there. Uh, with our typical prestige package, we're looking at about 140 $145 a foot. Uh, and, you know, and that includes granite countertops, uh, real nice tile floors in all your wet areas, uh, nine-foot ceilings throughout the house. Um, you know, really nice fixtures, KitchenAid, stainless steel appliances, really, really nice package, which 
consequently these days seems to be what's kind of becoming the norm. You know, it's not the, the vinyl floors and the, the laminate countertops anymore. So, Now, is that a fully customized um, design, or or do you have to to select from an existing inventory of, of um, floor plans? Uh, you know, really the sky's the limit as far as that goes. You know, we have some clients that already have a set of plans done, and they come in the door with a set of plans, uh, in which case it's actually maybe, you know, they're going to save a few bucks a foot if they've had their own plans done. Well, let me back up a little bit. Maybe not save a few bucks a foot, because if they go through us to have the plans done, it's actually going to be cheaper than going, say, with an architect or something like that. But if they already have their plans done and they come in our door, then, you know, that $140 a square foot would come down some. But, uh, you know, for that $140 a square foot, that includes uh, whether you select one of our pre-designed plans or we can literally design a home for you on a piece of scratch paper or a napkin and turn it into a buildable, you know, buildable documents ready for permits. So, you know, they really, the, the option for the customer with us is is really unlimited, you know, as far as what they can do with their plans, our plans, create new plans. Dan, what do you think the average price per square foot in the resale market is right now? Well, obviously it varies by city, but I'd say in San Luis Obispo County, it, it ranges between 200 to 300 dollars a square foot and then for some real high-end homes could probably be higher yeah that's true the the average price per square foot i'm looking at it right now for um for 2014 is 290 dollars a foot oh that's actually higher as an average than i would have guessed it's higher than i than i would have suspected to be honest with you too and and i think that that's probably a part of the reason that you guys have gotten so busy yeah you know i mean yeah. it's, and you know we build a quality product it's not like we're we're putting a product out there that's that's inferior to any any of our competitors you know for that price we're not cutting corners on materials or craftsmanship or anything else i mean we're putting out a good solid product for that price um and you know just to clarify with that price it's that does not include the purchase of the land or you know possible grading work and stuff like that and the reason why is just because you know, in our in our county here, our soil conditions, you know, whether it's a hillside or a flat area, all that stuff varies so much that we really can't account for that until we actually see the physical piece of property. Um, so that $140 a square foot is for everything from the slab up, a finished product, the, the, the concrete slab, the footings, the concrete slab, and then everything above it. So once you add in land cost, it's, it's going to move that total cost per square foot higher but it's still going to be lower than that average of two without a doubt lower than that average yeah without a doubt so yeah that that definitely makes new builds attractive i know from i I wanted to interject from the the mortgage perspective um as far as while while that kind of you know maybe profit margin or equity um potential is really attractive there are some real barriers to entry on the new construction side which you alluded to a little bit um you you can't come in and and build a new home with zero or five percent into the project like you could maybe purchase a home with some of the the real aggressive financing tools that are available you can come in and buy a home with usda financing with zero down or fha financing with three and a half percent down or conventional with five percent down you don't really have that ability to get into the new construction market with so little out of pocket you do have to have a little more um, financial resources available to you 
usually buying a lot or getting a construction loan requires at least you know 10 to 20 sometimes a little more um, percent equity into the project yeah and you know really that that a lot of that depends upon you know the the buyer's credit score and their financial means and everything else so you know everybody's case is different but you know the nice thing is that we are seeing the ability to only put 10 percent down in some cases and and obtain that construction loan which then rolls over into a conventional 30-year fixed um you know and in some of the other cases where maybe your credit isn't stellar you know you're you're getting to have to put down the 20 percent but in any case you know in regards to the big picture that's still not a whole lot for what you're getting out of the whole process sure um it is 11:42. we're due for one more quick break in action here um to thank the sponsors do stick around we have an exciting finish of the today's mortgage matters episode when we come back don't go anywhere keep it locked to mortgage matters on kvec news talk 920 to ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. This is the home stretch of Mortgage Matters. We'll probably find time to squeeze in one or two more opportunities to play that Central Coast Lending jingle in case you've missed it or just want to hear it again. 
Apparently, people aren't going to call in with a, a Patterson Realty <laughs> jingle, but I would invite people now to call in that uh, that want to vote for decommissioning that that um, jingle that it has this obnoxious tendency to stick in one's mind. We're working on a uh, on a. A fresh new version of the commercial. It's something I mean, you should probably participate in these discussions about freshening up your commercial. Um, so yeah, we're looking at that. We're we're looking at a few little tweaks, but but it's still gonna have the same pizzazz. Don't worry. <laughs> same memorable pizzazz will be a part of every commercial from now on. I need a mute button for my radio. <laughs> See, and and here's one of those opportunities. Uh, Jim, I'm not recommending you for that award anymore. Uh, I am. Marconi's here we come. All right. Joking aside, we are in the studio here with Russ Goldman. He's the owner of the local G.J. Gardner franchise. And Wes Burke, my partner in crime today, owner of Patterson Realty. Had a good discussion so far today, guys. Yeah, this is great information that Russ has brought in. I, so I found it real interesting. Yeah, we were we were talking in the break just about you know that we're all involved in in housing in one way or another and um and Russ was sharing you know some of the joys of of getting to help create someone's dream when when building that new home for them and and I think that's that's a real nice thing that, that you get to see I'm I'm always blown away at people's reactions to ideas becoming reality, I, I always feel like I can see that reality before it happens. But for a lot of people, it's it's hard to to really visualize how something's going to turn out, and you get to see that reaction firsthand when you're building for someone. I do, I do, and, and in fact, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I enjoy most about my job. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to do what I do, and um, you know, not only do I love just the the part of construction of creating something new and, and going from a, an empty piece of land to, to having a, a beautiful home there. Uh, but the other side of that is to, to be able to in person watch the reaction of my clients when they see their house for the first time. Uh, you know, we at GJ Gardner, we have a, a, a performance process that we go through where during the life of the project from the time we start to the time it's complete, there's a there's five different instances where we uh, meet the client out at the out at the job site. We walk through the home uh, with the set of plans. We go over everything that's been done, everything that's going to be done, uh, and at that point, you know, we can we can make any adjustments that need to be made. Uh, we can make any changes, ads, whatever the case may be. So it's really kind of a great. Uh, protection method for not only the homeowner but for us as well because the project never gets too far out in front of us to where we catch something so late down the line that it's it's really a major deal to make the change we catch it early enough to where it's in most cases just not even a big deal you know a matter of 15 20 minutes and we're we're back on track so it, it's a really cool deal for the customer and and for me, you know, most of my clients, they aren't in the construction industry or they aren't artists or so they they don't always have that that visual capability of being able to look at a picture on paper and and, and really envision and see what that's going to look like in, in person. So when we go and we do these various different walkthroughs on the job sites, it's just it's an extremely rewarding experience for me to just watch the client walk through their new home and in most cases their dream home you know and, and seeing seeing this thing that they've that's consumed so much of their life for so long actually come to fruition you know and 
you know, I was just telling you during the commercial break, oftentimes the client doesn't even necessarily talk. It's just, you know, and I'll just stand there and watch their body language and the expressions on their face. And it's, for me, it's really rewarding, you know, to, I don't see it as necessarily selling my clients a house. I'm more or less helping them to obtain the goal that they're already wanting to obtain, you know? So it's, it's a real rewarding experience. Yeah, that's cool to, I mean, so many people could look at it as just building a, a home or building a house, but you're, you're building their home where they're going to have memories and, you know, have their families live and, and raise and change and all that, all that, um, memorable stuff and it's all going to happen inside that house so yeah you know it's it's kind of funny when i worked uh, for my family's big uh, commercial contracting business up in the monterey area one of the things they always used to say is the reason why they never wanted to get into the residential market was just purely because of that it was too difficult there's you know you're building somebody's personal space and it, it just became a very difficult process to go through but for me it's actually just the opposite that's what i love about the residential side of the building market is is that you are building something personal for somebody you know and it's it's just a nice thing like you're saying they're you know like if you're working with a young couple you know that at some point they're going to be having children if they don't already and those kids are going to be raised in that home they're going to be making really good memories during the holidays and everything else so it's just kind of fun to you know kind of project or for, try to foresee in the future what the, how this family is going to utilize this space. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that, that's a, a neat part of the job. Um, we've only got a few more minutes. I'm, I'm hesitant to get into anything real, real deep. Do you have any, any? Oh, you've got nine minutes left, buddy. You, you better, <laughs> you better jump in. So I brought in the big guns today, Wes. It needs you to help carry me. I'm distracted by that glorious sunshine over yeah. your over your right Looks like shoulder. You're distracted there. by the Midstate Fair. I was uh, <laughs> kind of curious if uh, some of the tickets had sold out yet. I forgot to get uh. them. <laughs> we can fill some time right here. <laughs> this is why we have oh our goodness. Marconi caliber engineer here. You're gonna wake up with that jingle stuck in your head. You're gonna join me in lamenting that 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 thing exists. Yeah. I think the key here is to remember our headphones have a volume nozzle right, on them. Right. Hey, you were telling us about a co-op that you're um, you're involved with. Yes, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Um, this past week, we actually this past week we actually just signed a lease with a uh, a new co-op deal down in Royal Grande. Uh, it's located on 1200 East Grand Avenue. Currently, it's uh, it's called Susie Shore Designs. It's an interior design and and furniture place. What we're actually doing as part of the co-op will be the sole home builder within that co-op. And it's a really, it's a fantastic idea what she's come up with here and that she's going to have a, a uh, you know, kitchen designer in there. She's going to have an interior designer take care of all your window coverings and, you know, more or less taking all your color schemes from tile to window coverings to floor coverings to countertops, you name it, and putting it all together in one attractive package. Um, so... It's, it's just, we think it's going to be a, a really good deal. It's more or less going to equate to a turnkey uh, one-stop shop for anybody looking to either remodel their existing home or build new. It, it's really going to be a convenient, uh, a convenient spot for anybody in the South County. Uh, there's, a, there's a fantastic bakery right next door and a brand-new restaurant, which I hear is just phenomenal. Uh, so it's, it's really going to be almost... 
as I see it, it's almost going to be a destination spot in a lot of ways. You know, you can go in there and get ideas for for a new home build, for a remodel. Um, you can sit there and you know have have some pastry or or get a fantastic lunch or dinner. Um, you know, moving forward, once we get it open and up and running, we'll be doing probably some some different events in the afternoons or evenings on the weekends, having some barbecues, catered events, stuff like that. Uh, and I and I think it's it's just a fantastic idea, really, not only for the community but for us individuals who have joined in on this co-op. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic thing. Yeah, it's always great to network with with businesses that can you can help support one another. And for the customer, it's great to have all those resources readily available to you because some of the things that are maybe more design oriented types of issues impact the decisions you're going to make early on in the process. So it's nice to be able to think about the process all the way through and and help you make the right decisions early on. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, and and we'll in our area there we'll be able to take uh, you know handle anything as far as any of our sales inquiries or anything like that. Uh, Susie Shore herself will be uh, acting as a as a sales consultant for us uh, while she's there, and uh, you know it. It should be a, a great opportunity for anybody looking to do something like that. You know, we'll be able to provide services for lending for, uh, you know, actually the purchase of property. Are we in that group? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, of course you guys are. Well, I just I had just had a great agent that texted me, and she complimented you on the job on the show today, and she also said that she's got two great lots for sale, one at Edna Ranch West and one at Varian Ranch. So, uh we, we can just put it all together. There we go. That's it. That's it, for sure. That, that's good to hear. I mean, that, that's excellent to hear because oftentimes it's a lot of that stuff isn't, you know, really well known. It, it's a process to locate good buildable land. So, you know, if we got people calling in, calling in like that, that's a huge help. All right, we've got a caller waiting patiently on the line. Um, we only have a few minutes, Rick, so what's your question? Um for the builder, uh, you mentioned uh, green building in, in the beginning of your uh, uh, dissertation, and uh, I wonder if uh, the builders, especially up in Paso Robles, where it's uh, both very hot in summer and cold in the winter, uh, look at super insulation, if they employ super insulation in their building designs. Uh You know, I can't speak for any of the others, but uh, I know for us in particular, we go above and beyond what the actual requirements are for insulation uh, in our exterior and ceiling insulation and everything else. Uh, we actually utilize a two-coat stucco system, which the first application is a, a foam backer board, which more if you got, say, a two-by-six wall, you get the insulative value of a two-by-eight wall uh, with that type of stucco application. So, you know, for me personally, we over-insulate our homes, but I, I really can't speak to the others. Does it does it reach super insulation standards though? Are you familiar with those? Uh, you know, I'm not completely familiar with those. I have heard that referenced. Um, so my guess, I guess, to your or my answer to your question, I guess, would probably be no. That we probably don't meet the the super insulation standards. What, what are they? I was going to suggest, if you're not, since you are an engineer, that you could uh, you could look into that more. It was really big in Colorado. I lived there for 20 years, and and it was developed up in Canada, and they found that they could. Uh, actually keep a house warm on the Canadian plains where it's very cold with just the heat from the appliances and from the individuals. So the, the insulation standard is really high, and what it does is it lowers heating 
and cooling costs phenomenally. Huh. That, that's very interesting. In fact, you know, that's something I'll probably talk to all of our uh, Colorado franchises about. I'm, my guess is they probably utilize that. All right, Rick. Thanks for the call and your listenership. We do appreciate it. We are uh, unfortunately getting close to the end of the show here. We've only got a couple more minutes left, so um, want to make sure we give an opportunity to both of these guys here to to offer some final thoughts. And just want to thank you both for being on the show today as well. It's always great to have you in um, and and join us here, Wes. Um, do appreciate all of your thoughtful insight all the time. And Russ, thanks for coming back. Um, I, I love hearing from you and I love hearing that you're busy. Um, yeah. most importantly, I, lo I love hearing that home building is, is strong on the central coast right now and that there's a lot of activity for you. Tell people how to get a hold of you. Uh, you can reach us. Our office is located in Paso Robles on 935 Riverside Avenue, suite 7B. Uh, or you can reach us, uh, by phone at 805-239-5614. Super. You can find uh, me at Patterson Realty. The office is 544-8662. You call me direct, 801-7061. Um, Dan? All right. And I think everybody knows how to get a hold of you. It's 543-LOAN. <laughs> I want to hear you sing it. <laughs> You're not going to hear me sing it today. Uh, Central Coast Lending is the, uh, the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. And we do everything from construction financing, conventional and government financing, mobile home and manufactured home financing. Uh, if it's a piece of real estate and you need it financed, we're probably the place you should, you should talk to. You should at least consider uh, giving us a shot at winning your business. We've got offices around the county. You can reach them all by calling one convenient phone number. It's, uh, what is it, Wes? It's five four three loan, isn't it? I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can say it without singing it. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's five four three loan five four three five six two six. You can also check us out on the web at centralcoastlending.com. We've got a secure online loan application if you want to start the process, and we've got lots of informational articles for you as well as archives to this radio show. Join us next week for another live edition of Mortgage Matters. Have a great weekend.